my family especially and just others that aren't feeling well maybe they're traveling vacation whatever it might be lord just pray that you give them a blessing lord and uh, has these things your name amen well this is starting our missions month and we were really supposed to have a missionary today but it didn't work out that he could be here but next week we'll have a missionary to israel and so to go along with our our theme of the year owning ownership tried to get a message put together that ties that in with missions and it, it got me thinking about this question we're going to be in luke chapter number 24 uh, but we'll get there in just a little bit but it like I said, it got me thinking about this question. What's the mission of missions? What's the mission of missions? With, with most of us, missions is something that we are familiar with. And then plus trying to tie that in with, like I said, the church theme. There's nothing new under the sun, so I'm, I'm not going to you know, have some new revelation uh, but sometimes it's nice to look at something from a new perspective. So the mission of missions. The question is, is simple, I think, but the answer, I don't know that it, it's quite as simple. In recent years, there have been a lot of conversations among people, missions literature and missionaries and pastors and people, about what exactly we mean, or at least what we ought to mean, when we use the word missions, or missionary, or here's a new term for you, missional. I don't even know if that's a real word, but in a lot of these, like I said, articles and talking, it, it has become one. And if you take a poll, I'm sure everybody would be for these things. And then if we take the same people and go around and says give you give a definition of missions we'd find almost as many different nuances as there are people in the room for some people missions means nothing but evangelism it's a synonym for that while others would rather have missions include every good thing that the church might do everything that you might do as a Christian in obedience to Christ. So we need to ask ourselves these questions. Is environmental ownership missions work? What about teaching people to read and to write or agricultural development, medical care, digging wells, building orphanages, developing the arts, reestablishing a park, planting a tree, lowering unemployment, working on religious liberty, feeding the poor, social justice, and again, the list could go on and on. And like I said, those are all good things, probably things that we all should be involved in, but the question is whether these activities by themselves constitute the mission of the church. What is the mission of missions in the church. Before we get to our text, let me just be very clear. What I am not saying, lest there's confusion, 
I don't that I don't care about things, and that things don't matter. I am not answering the question: What are all the good things Christians can do, or should do, to love their neighbors and be the salt and light in the world? That's not the question. The second thing is, I am not answering the question: What are all the things we might care about or do, as the church? And before I promise, we're going to get to the text here in a second. What? We need to think about missions. Where is the word mission in the Bible? Can we be honest? It's not there. <clears throat> Some people will say mission has no biblical sort of definition, it's even left out of the Bible. But I would beg to differ. There's a uh, uh, missions scholar by the name of Eckhard, and uh, I th- he teaches it in Boston. Uh, he has a massive collection library of books that have nothing to do with missions. He is, has two 1,000-page volumes on early Christian missions and has a 500-page work on the mission work of Paul. He's probably the leading expert on missions in the New Testament. And while the word mission doesn't appear in your English, in English, the Latin word is metre, is where we get our word for missions, and it comes from that, and it simply means to send out. When you're... You're dismissed from class when you're in school. What? It's, it's a dismissal. You're sent out. And actually, to be honest with you, the word dismissal comes from the same root Latin word as our word <coughs> missions does. It corresponds to the Greek word uh, that we also get with the word apostle from. It occurs 136 times in the New Testament, 97 times in the Gospel, used both for Jesus having been sent by the Father and for the Twelve being sent out by Jesus. The apostles, in a sense, were those who had been sent out. That's where, again, we get that word from. Look at look at Luke chapter number four. Luke chapter number four. I know. Luke four verse number eighteen. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath set me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus said that he was sent to proclaim a message of good news to the poor. So if we think about missions, or being a missionary, or engaged in missions work, it suggests an intentionality. It's movement. Someone being sent from one place to another for a specific task. Your mission, if you choose to accept it. Did I just date myself there? The theme from Mission Impossible and, you know, the things, the things blow up, right? 
there was a there was a cartoon show that uh, I haven't seen in a, a, a while. I think uh, Clayton liked to watch it. I don't know if it was still around when Justice was, but it was called Secret Agent Oso, and it was a bear about a bear Oso. Which, funny enough, I didn't know this, but the Spanish word for bear is Oso. I didn't know that, but then obviously that's where they they got it from. And so it's pretty obvious that he was a secret agent. In every episode, he had a, spe- a specific mission, and there was three parts to every mission. Uh, he had to find the three sides of a triangle. I mean, they were relatively simple because, like I said, it, it was a it was a kids' show. Uh, you know, find what sharpens a pencil. Um, <coughs> his mission as a secret agent Bear was to go out and accomplish a specific task. So when we think about the mission of the church, we're asking the question, what is the task that the church has been given to accomplish in the world? Every Christian, if we're going to be obedient to the Great Commission, must be involved in missions. Acts chapter number 14. Acts chapter number 14. Starting in verse number 19. And they came hither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. Howbeit as disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that they must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with and fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Poseidon, they came to uh, Pamphania. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Attilia and then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and were gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God hath done with them, and how he had opened the doors of faith unto the Gentiles. And they abode long time with the disciples. So again, the question, the mission of missions. And I believe the answer, at least in large part, can be found in the verses we just read. <coughs> Acts, again, is the history of the church. I, I, I have a different sermon, but if you want to flip to the very beginning of the, the book of Acts, it says the Acts of the Apostles. That's the, the full title of the book. And, and I, don't, I don't know if the titles are inspired as much as the, the Word of God. I could be wrong. Well, when we get to heaven, God will set me right I'm sure on that but in my my personal opinion is because if you look at the at the end end of of Acts I'll just read the last two verses for you real quick to make my point if you will it says and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came into him preaching the kingdom of God 
and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. And that's the end of Acts. Now, if, you, if you're an avid reader, uh, that would just really annoy you. Because that, that's it. That's the end of the book. And again, I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, people that are smarter than me, especially God, but the, the, the book of Acts really is the book of the Acts of the church. And the reason why the book ends that way is because the actions, the acts of the church aren't done yet. It's just, we're still here. We're the church. We still have the mission to accomplish. And so we can talk about the acts of the church. Acts is the history of the mission of the church. And it was meant to continue where Luke's gospel left off. Because Luke is, is the author of Acts. So look at Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter number 24. Verse number 47. And the repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. Again, this, this is... Luke, this is one of the four Gospels. This is, this is, we're not talking about Paul to the <coughs> Gentiles yet. And Luke is a Jew speaking to Jews, and there should have been a, at least a hint of things going on that, again, because we talked about all last year about the Judaizers trying to infuse this new religion of Christianity with things in the Jewish culture. Listen, there should have been a hit. Remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What's that? That's the Holy Ghost. Acts, Acts chapter number 1. Remember? You shall be filled. Again, hints of things. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye, ye be endued with the power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So Luke is or at, Luke is picking up with Acts where it left off in Luke 24. You are going to proclaim. You're going to be witnesses. Wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to go and speak the good news. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to rewrite Scripture, but it, in a way you could call Acts Second Luke. I mean, we've got, you know, First and Second Corinthians and all of those First and Second Chronicles. You can have First and Second Luke, if you will. Acts chapter number one. Verse number one. The former treaties. Reference to Luke, the former. I've written under the life of this. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Listen, Luke is, is talking to uh, Theophilus, and he says, listen, I dealt with all of that Jesus began to do in the first book, the Gospel of Luke. 
then by implication, Acts is the story of what Jesus continues to do. So Acts is not necessarily the history of the church. It's the Acts of the church. We must never forget that we are not replacing Jesus in the world, but Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is still working and active in the world. And we bear witness to him. That's the point of Acts, to show the apostles as Christ's witnesses. Acts 1.8, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. It gives a, a table of contents. Acts is explicitly designed to show the advance of the gospel in the world. And so in the first chapters, we're in Jerusalem, and then we're in Judea, then we're in Samaria. That's where Antioch was. <coughs> and then by the time we get into the, you know, Acts 9-10, we've got Paul going to the uttermost parts of the world, if you will. Look at Acts chapter number 13. Acts 13, verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work were separating. I'm sorry. I have called them. So they're, they're at the church of Antioch and they get called out to a specific task. This is the first time that, that the gospel is going to be preached to unbelievers. Paul and Barnabas have shared, some have been scattered. But now, for the first time, the gospel is going to unbelievers because a church was setting apart these two to go and to accomplish the mission of the church in another location. They traveled to Cyprus and then to Poseidon and then to Iconium and then to Lystra and then to Derby, and then back through. So they went out and they came back almost, almost the same route, if you will. This completes Paul's first missionary journey. In Acts chapter number 14, verse number 24, Paul and Barnabas returned. So you can think of this as the missionaries from Antioch coming back from their missionary journeys and they're having a nice potluck with the church and they're loading up their PowerPoint presentation and they're about ready to show everybody their slides. Well, tell us, we sent you out. What did you do? You are missionaries. You are sent out ones. What happened? So Paul and Barnabas say, okay, let's take a look at what we did. And they gave a report through verses 19 through 23, giving a description of the sort of things that they did in a miniature and sort of things that they were like to report to the church in Antioch. Here's what we accomplished as your missionaries. All of that is to make a case why these verses in particular in the book in a particular location, particularly give us a strong indication of what the mission is in the early church was all about. Verses 21, 22, and 23, you, we would see the uh, three major parts of missions work, if you will. The first one, look at verse number 21. Acts 14. 
21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lyconium, Lydia and Iconium and Antioch. What was that? They, they were new converts. New converts. <coughs> they made many disciples. Listen, you're not going to be a disciple if you're not a believer. So the first thing, obviously, and again, I realize this is super basic. We all know this. So that's the part of Paul and Barnabas' report to Antioch was making new converts. Number two, new communities, if you will. New communities. Look at verse number 23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they uh, commended them in, unto the Lord on whom they believed. So they're not just winning converts. They're not just people making decisions for Christ, but they are gathering them into churches, appointing leadership. So now the new converts and the new communities. Look at verse number 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that they must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. They nurtured. They nurtured the churches. Encouraged. Edify. I mean, that's all throughout the Pauline epistles. Christian missionaries may be active in more more active in one aspect or another. It isn't to say that every organization, every missionary, everything that we support is going to do all three of these in equal measure, but it does mean that they're going to do all three of them. We may have know someone who's doing what we refer to as pioneering evangelism. I mean, uh, Papua New Guinea and, and places like that. And, uh, you know, when David Livingston went to Africa, I mean, no one been there and, you know give or take 1,500 years. It might be someone who is helping to train and strengthen leaders by having a Bible college or seminary. But all mission work must keep these three things in mind. If the apostles are meant to be our models, and I think that we all agree that they are, then we should expect missionaries and mission work to be engaged in these activities. The goal of missions is to win new converts to establish these disciples in faith and to incorporate them in to a local church. I mentioned before the, this Eckhart. He has three points which are almost identical to that. He says, one, missionaries communicate the news of Jesus, the Messiah and the Savior to people who have not heard or accepted the news. Missionaries communicate a new way of life that replaces the social norms and behavior patterns of society in which the new believers have been converted. And missionaries integrate these new believers into a new community. If we're going to sum all that up, very familiar to most of us, we could say what is the missions of missions of the church? Evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. New converts, new communities, nurture churches. That is what the church at Antioch set Paul and Barnabas to do. 
Again, missionaries may aim at one of these components more than another one, but all three should be present. The work of discipleship and church planning cannot take place unless non-believers are coming to Christ. But these non-believers must be grounded in faith, taught what it means to follow Christ, and if our mission's work only focuses on evangelism without the vision <coughs> for starting a church, then we're not being faithful to the pattern we see in Acts, because the pattern in Acts is not simply college fellowships. It's not just conversations. It's not just reading the Bible on a coffee table. But it's planting and establishing churches. I don't rem exactly remember who said this. Sorry, my mind went blank. I gotta find where I was at again. I got ahead of my notes. Oh, the Luke, Luke 14 doesn't tell us exactly how everything has to work, but as it does tell us the essential nature of missions work. Too many times, I, I, it's, it's a fine line. Obviously, uh, starting churches, you know, strengthening believers, winning converts, all of that. There's a fine line between making mission work too broad, which I think many people have done, but at the same time, making it too small. Listen, we serve a great God. <coughs> he, expects the, he expects the entire world to be reached. And he expects us to do it. Now that doesn't mean, obviously we know that everyone's going to get saved. But everybody should have the opportunity. Oswald Chambers, uh, uh, the People's Church in Toronto, Canada, made this statement when he was up there. He says, why in the world has anyone heard the gospel twice until everyone's heard it once? Now, obviously, most people didn't get saved the first time they hear the gospel, and so I'm not necessarily saying that, well, you, you already heard it once, you had your shot. But the truth of the matter is, 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 again, we've been talking about life isn't fair, but life isn't fair. There are some people who have heard it multiple times, and they've continually rejected it. And there's a lot of people who've never heard it once. So we have to avoid the danger of making our uh, being too constrictive, but also at the same time being too broad with missions. Listen, there's lots of people that put all of their efforts into getting, winning their Jerusalem, if you will. And obviously, it starts in Jerusalem. I mean, the, if you talk to anyone that's been around missions, you'll they probably at least heard, if not made, this statement. But the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. So while we're not we're not trying to not win our Jerusalem, 
But listen, there, there's all kinds of churches that just, that's all they do is they worry about their city. And they, they don't worry about the next city over. They don't worry about their state. They don't worry about their country. They don't worry about the uttermost part of the world, if you will. And vice versa. There are, are churches that they'll send missionaries around the world, but they won't knock on a door in their own town. Because they, they spend all of their time and all of their resources and, and all of their talents trying to reach the world and they forget about their own backyard. Was it last week we talked about gifts? Was it, uh, no doubt that God gives some of us different gifts. And, that, and that, that's incorporated into mission work. Listen, there are, there are just some people, I mean, you've got uh, George Mueller. He started all, all of those orphanages. Listen, that's a gift. For some reason, I, I don't know why, Especially it seems that he was a man. I really don't know why. I don't know why he enjoyed being around those side those kids all the time. Listen, most men aren't as like to be around kids as much as ladies do, typically. Now listen, I, I love my kids, and kids are fun. But when they get to be, you know, rambunctious and out of control, I'm like, there's your mother. Just go to her. You know? I'm like, listen, his, his gift... Was And so he started all these orphanages. And who knows how many of those kids were saved and how many of those kids became other pastors and other missionaries because he started those orphanages. And so our gifts dovetail into... Again, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you, again, neglect any necessarily one of the three major parts of missions because every person should be involved in all three of the parts but each one of us is probably naturally more involved in one of the three. And that dovetails in to our gifts. Because like, some, some people are, are, are good with orphans and kids, and the other people are, are good with uh, helping people who are sick or medical care. Listen, we should celebrate those. And if they're using those gifts and those talents to reach people, Listen, if, if you go there as a medical person, you know, and, and you know, you give them all the medical care they need to make sure that they're physically healthy, and you not one time ever deal with the spiritual sickness, then we have a problem. But you can use that, your medical care, as an inroad. We have, we, the world demands a revolution in missions. Because it will, what we've, unfortunately, what we've been doing hasn't been working. One word, you know, 70% of the world, it's up to 80% of the world doesn't know that Jesus ever lived. I mean, you know Kendra teaches uh, uh, English to, to Chinese people, and, and obviously she can't say too much, but, I mean, you can get the, you know, feel about a little bit and, and just tell them some things, and they don't know who God is. Uh, there was a uh, special on on Amazon, and it was this older gentleman, and I don't know, he's probably not even saved, to be honest with you, but 
he at least had a recognition of, of who God is, and it was from Britain, and it was about the, their their life during the lockdown this past year. He works on a farm, and and uh, he just bought the he retired and bought the farm, and then this happened, and so he had no clue as to what he was doing. And so there was his neighbor, who's a young guy, probably in his twenty late yeah early twenties. And I, and I don't even remember exactly how it started, uh, but he made reference to, you know, it, this is an act of God. The older gentleman and the kid neighbor next door were like, what? He's like, you you never been to church? No. you never been to Sunday school? No. You know who God is? You know who Jesus is? And the guy said, and I don't know, maybe it was scripted for the show. I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be one of those reality documentary things, but I don't know. <laughs> I said, that's England. And I realize, I realize that England isn't what it used to be when, and I'm just saying, you would, I mean, I mean, outside of America and, and Canada, I mean, you think of westernized, modern civilization, not, not that they're saved, but that they would at least have common, simple, basic knowledge of God. But no, 80% of the world doesn't. Look at verse number 27 there of Acts 14. And when they were come and hath gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Listen, that, that, that's the singular summary of the mission work that was completed. And if you noticed, when they were come to gather, they were at church, they rehearsed all that what all who had done God. It wasn't Paul, it wasn't Barnabas, it wasn't Timothy, it wasn't Titus, it wasn't Apollos, and the list could go on and on. Stephen, Philip, it wasn't those people. It was God had done with them. And, and, and we're not supposed to sit on our hands and not do anything. Okay, God, you know, we know you're you just you know, we've got to be somewhat involved that God is with us. And how, what, he's going to have to open the doors. Listen, there's, uh, I don't necessarily want to get into it right now, but probably after Missions Month. Listen, our, we all know that our world's in trouble. We all know that our nation's in trouble. I did not realize how in trouble we were until we went up to the summit. And like I said, after, after Missions, because I don't want to distract us from that, I'm going to just tell you what I was told when I was up there, let, and let me just say, we need to pray. But listen, God's the one that's going to have to do it. He's going to have to open the doors of what faith? He gives everyone a measure of faith, right? <coughs> so what's the mission of missions? It's to preach the gospel to those who have never heard it. It's to disciple those new believers in the life and doctrine of the faith, and is to establish those disciples into healthy churches with sound teaching and good leaders. If all of that is true, which I think it is, see that in Scripture, giving us a very condensed version, an accurate reflection of Acts chapter number 14 on the mission of missions, what does that mean for us? Number one, those currently serving as missionaries should 
consider whether Paul's priorities and their priorities. I'm a, listen. I'm not. Listen, I'm very careful. I do my best to only bring in people that fall underneath that category. And so I don't think that any of the missionaries that we support. And listen, on Wednesday nights during prayer meeting, we're going to have Zoom calls with our missionaries. So please be here, and it's just going to be fun. It's, I don't know how churchy it's going to feel, but I just listen. I want us to talk to them. I want them to talk to us. Listen, when you're on the mission field and you're a thousand plus miles away from home, three, five, however far away you are, listen, you feel very disconnected. Listen, the, as a missionary, it's a very weird feeling. And honestly, I still feel this way. And it and it's, has nothing to do with you guys or anything like that. It's just the way that it is. And it, it starts, listen, it starts the moment that God calls you to be a missionary you it it's like there's you get unplugged because you know listen you're going to leave your family you're going to leave your friends you're going to leave everything that you know and so you never i mean you enjoy being around people and you're friendly with people and all of that but there's just a void and emptiness and you go off like i said three five ten thousand miles away listen you're not one of them you're just not and you're never going to be. You're always going to be, to some extent, an outsider. And you, I mean, they, in Christian fellowship and, and all of that, they'll accept you in. But culturally, you're, you're always, at very least, going to be on the cusp. And then you come back, whether, for whatever reason, whether it's just furlough or health or uh, finances or whatever, but you, you come back, listen, you've been gone for so long. You're, you don't even feel like you're a part of your country anymore. Listen, you guys know, listen, I used to be super, 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 I grew up in a political family. We went off to Norway, came back. Listen, I'm annoyed by, listen, I'm dead to the last two elections. Just, listen, I, I believe that you're supposed to vote and you should vote your conscience and all of that. And it's our, it's our right and our privilege to be as involved in our government. Listen, I just get annoyed by it now. I mean, not that I get angry, but it's just like annoyed. So please, please, if you can, make it out. <laughs> That's my plug for Wednesday nights. Make it out because they need to know. They need to feel like they're a part of something as much as we can. Secondly, We should aim with our missions to support missions, institutions, and missionaries who have set their goals to what we see in Acts chapter number 14. Again, like I said, I do my very best. Listen, if you're, if you're not winning souls, if you're not training nationals, and if you're not starting churches, then I don't think... Listen, you can do lots of good things, and I think that there's lots of cultural ways to accomplish those three spiritual goals. But if you're not accomplishing those three spiritual goals, then you're not a missionary. Like I said, if you want to use, the, you're a doctor and, and you go to Haiti or one of these third world countries where they need medicine and, and you can use that. Listen, you're going to open a clinic. You got people coming to you. You know, they have 
for whatever medical care they need. While they're there, you can share the gospel with them. I mean, have sermons and, and Christian music playing in the waiting room. I mean, listen, th- that's fine. But it, at the bottom line, if you're not trying to win souls, if you're not trying to train nationals, and if you're not trying to plant churches, then you're not a missionary. Like I said, you can uh, medically, uh, you can, you know, teach them how to, you know, build a, a solid structure. Construction. I mean, there's all kinds of, of cultural, physical ways that you can get in there and accomplish the spiritual that you need to. Look at Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Listen, there's lots of good that we can do. And listen, it's a command. We're supposed to do good. Physical good. Cultural good. Social good. But most importantly, and I know that we know this, spiritual good. There's... I, again, I, I forgot who, who said it. When, it. when it comes to missions, they say that you have three options. I, I, I say you only have two options because the last option isn't good. You can either give or you can go. The third option is just be disobedient. I don't, I don't know that that's... I guess, Last year we spent all, all that time talking about freedom, and I guess, yes, you have the freedom to not, but in doing so, you're disobedient, right? Listen, you, what, we're commanded to be involved in missions, and what is missions? Winning souls, starting churches, training those people who you, that you win. Was I, I think, I don't know the last time that I gave the illustration so my math might be a little rusty but listen if if you go out and win one soul this year and if every person if that's the only person that got saved this year was one just one but that person the next year went out with the person that won them and so you've got two and the following year four and then eight and then 16 and 32 and 64 and 128 and then 256 and then 512, and I'm going to stop there because my brain hurts trying to figure out the math. But in 40 years, there will have been enough presentations of the gospel made that everybody on earth will have been able to hear the gospel one time in their life. No, no, you you can't do it by yourself. You've got to train other people how to do it. And, And obviously, we can exponentially do that as churches and then you've got you know 10 15 20 50 however many people are in their churches going out and doing it listen we have to be involved in missions the mission of the church
You say, well, missions really isn't my thing. Listen, the work of the mission of the church must be a thing for all of us. For missionaries, listen, they're not superheroes. They're just servants. Servants of God, servants of others, servants of the word. We must all first and foremost be people of the word. And then some people get sent out. I guess you could say it's my hope. It's definitely my prayer. That us personally and as a church that we would see in the years ahead our mission dollars increase. Our mission footprint expand. The number of people that we get to partner with (coughs) go up. Listen, as, as Americans in America, listen, we, we, we looked at the book of Acts and, and the mission of the early church. Nowhere in there did, did, did Paul or Barnabas or uh, Titus or Timothy or Philip or Stephen or any of those people, the Ethiopian eunuch, you, none of those people made it to America. We should be thankful that in years past, someone took missions from historically we know it came from England more than you know more than most of it came from England at least listen we're rich and we've been blessed because the, we were founded on the principles and for the most part it's been I realize we've been wavering as a nation for a while but still for the most part I think one can make an argument for last year follow the principles of the Bible as a nation drastically decreased last year at least but listen i told you we were up there in the in the summit and listen you need to pray pray for our nation but we have got to get the gospel out because listen i know the bible says that no one knows the the times or the seasons when the lord is coming back but listen if something doesn't drastically change this is it and obviously we've had a God of miracles, but if, if, if it doesn't change, we're in the last days. I don't know how long the last days are going to last. I'm not putting a time frame on it. And we'll talk more about that probably starting next month. But listen, we have got to be involved. Listen, you've, you've heard me say it before. If we're not growing, we're dying. And we may not be growing the w- way that we wish that we were or but listen, we each and every one of us can do more than we did last year. Listen, there's people that weren't here last year that are... That, well, there's a lot of people that weren't here last year, isn't there? But listen, we've got to do more. Why? For His glory. Let's pray. Lord, we come before You. Lord, and just... We, First of all, we're thankful that you allowed us to come and gather and worship. Lord, we're thankful, like I said, that someone more than likely came from Britain to the gospel to our nation. I realize there was other places more than likely from England. And Lord, we've for many years tried to do our best and you've blessed us for that. Lord, we also we ask for your forgiveness. 
and we can complain about what goes on 50 miles south of here, but the truth of the matter, and we all know this, is you say if my people, which are called by my name. So it, 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 it's our fault. If we would just witness to people the way that we were supposed to, we wouldn't have those thoughts and those teachings being taught in schools and now running our country. So, Lord, it's our fault. We've made our bed, and, and unfortunately, we are going to have to lie in it. But, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to take serious the mission of the church, win souls. Help us to be witnesses that you want us to be here. Help us to encourage missionaries and give to missionaries and pray for missionaries so they can do around the world what we do here. Help us and them to train. Make our job a whole lot easier if we don't have to do it ourselves. Lord, obviously, we're going to have to have a place to be trained. So, Lord, that's why we have to start churches. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us as we've got missionaries coming in throughout the month, Lord, that we'd be a blessing and an encouragement to them, Lord. Lord, that we would have, be able to do more for missions this year than we did last year, Lord. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. All right, I mean, like I said, we've got missionaries coming this all this week. Where's my bulletin? It's here somewhere. I put it down here. There it is. So, we, like I said, we've got a Zoom call with the McKinney's this Wednesday, so be here. And uh, we only have an hour. That's Otherwise, you got to start paying for it, and I don't, I'm cheap, so we only have an hour. And so it won't be long, I promise you that. Please be here. we got missionaries to Israel this coming Sunday the 8th and so be there. Brad and Ashley's anniversary is today and so when you, we see them next week or if you want to call them or text them this afternoon wish them a happy anniversary and then like I said this there's five Sundays and so we are going to have our fifth Sunday fellowship at the end of the month we've got the uh, Robinsons to Zambia that Sunday and so they're going to be in for a little bit extra. And then the, uh, continue to pray for Brother Mater and Miss Linda and all of us that are sick, getting over things. Oh, I was going to... Anything, anything else that needs to be aware of? I'm sure my wife will be texting you this week because I'm sure I missed something. But anyway, thanks for coming. Thanks for watching online at least. And we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer then. Lord, we just, again, we're thankful for everything that you've done for us, Lord. We just pray that you'd give us a good week. Uh, bring us back on Wednesday. Uh, have a good time with the McKinney's. And then, uh, Sunday, be with our missionary to Israel. Lord, just give them safe travels in and out, Lord. Help us to be a blessing to them. Let's call these things your name. Amen.